Welcome to Dodgers Dogs as part of the Dodgers Daily Network. It has been amateur hour here with Dodgers Daily. I apologize for all of the technical difficulties, but we are finally here. Tim Rogers joins. Hey, Tim, long time no talk on the podcast. I know we've done several Dodgers Prospects podcasts. We usually don't have a topic. We just get to diving right in. So what, what's going on tonight with you? Let's see. I'm getting my, some feedback, so I'm trying to fix that really quick here. There we go. Now I fixed it. Now it's on me. Yeah, all good. I thought this I had is... the volume off there. Yeah. Okay. Back at it. Well, it's been a while. Good to, good to be back with you. Um, yeah, last time we were, it's, yeah, we were talking Dodgers prospects, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more tonight. Um, just going through the, you know, the news today with, you know, the Giants making a move for, um, for, for broken pitcher, um, a bunch of minor league deals. I know that things have been stale ever since the Dodgers basically, you know, stopped the, uh, they did got all their stuff done. And now it's been Scott Boris holding things up. A lot of things going on though. We know that, um, spring training is in a little over a month. Casey, can yeah, you believe that's it? Crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy. The, the, the off season absolutely goes by way too fast. So, Hey, I think we had an original link. I hope everybody makes it on over. We're, I think we're struggling to get the people back in, but we do have a crowd that is settling in here, Tim. So, Good. Uh, actually, if I can get oh, – okay, right. I, let's see here. Yep, okay. So, let me get back to this screen. Right, This is crazy. I don't know what's going on with my computer tonight. All right, the, that screen right there. Okay, so – we have already a lobby here. This has been a complete cluster bomb for me, but we are going to go on from here. Okay, so we have a good lobby already. Orlando, I'm still here. Benji, yep, we are here. Austin, thanks for sticking around. Yeah, no doubt about it. Greg, I'm, yeah, I'm on Clint's show right now. We recorded that earlier this week. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in here. Uh, we try not to overlap with each other and try not to compete against each other. There's plenty of time slots to to uh, to go on to not compete with each other. I know Tim and I. We usually communicate about what times we go on so we don't because there's a lot of overlap between our sites. But I think Clint's show is going on with me on it right now as as I have my show going. So Well, it just shows, Casey, you can be at two places at once, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, man, let's uh <laughs> let's let's go back over this. What's on your mind again on the hot stove? Oh man. Um well as as, as we know, Boris is whole you know, he, he's trying to get every single dollar for all of his players and I, I he should. I mean, that's his job, right? He's an agent. Um he should be doing that. Um and then the, the question, of course, going Dodgerland, we see the rumors that are out there. It, you know, Josh Hader, Tiosca Hernandez, I keep fumbling his name. Um and then, you know, the the needs that might still be out there for the Dodgers and how do they fulfill it? I mean, in my opinion, they need a right-handed bat, either from internal or external. Um, I'm starting to uh, – there was a nice article uh, earlier, I think it was yesterday, about Andy Paez um, that, uh, you know, he even though he fell out of Jim Callis's one top 100 prospects, he's mm-hmm. really uh, ready to see what he can do this year. And I'm kind of getting on that Andy Paez train to go – Gosh, maybe like in July, he'd be ready, ready mm-hmm. to do some serious damage because that guy. There's so much upside with him. Um, so yeah, uh, just all sorts of uh, you know. I'm kind of all over the place, just like this off season's been. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Andy Pye has a young man who uh, I'm posting the, the new links live to our show 
tonight on Twitter and different social media so people can find us. I know I had to kill that first link. So thank you for everybody finding us. And I think also Clint's going on at the same time. So we'll see what kind of lobby we get. But yeah, Andy Paw has a very talented young man. We talked about him quite a bit on our Dodgers top 10 prospects list that we released. Uh, when was that last night? Yeah. So he's a guy that very talented. He's always, he's been around forever. 2019. He was on the, you know, the rookie league team there when there was still a rookie league team in Ogden. Yeah. So people have been hearing about Andy Pajas for a long, long time. And you're still hearing about him because he hurt his shoulder, his first game in AAA last year. This is a young man that lost anywhere from 25 to 35 pounds last year and looked great. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of was having one of those hot streak, cold streak type years at Tulsa. Started in Tulsa, got moved up to Triple A Oklahoma City. Hurt his shoulder first, the first game there, and did not return from there. So we're going to see shoulders can be tricky. So if he is healthy, Andy Pajes is one of those guys that has just a tremendous arm, worlds of power, the exact type of right-handed offensive bat that the Dodgers are looking for. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you a question. So it's his left shoulder. I know that. Now, is that obviously it's not going to impact his throwing, but how is that going to impact his hitting? I'm trying to think of that myself. And you yeah. know, you've spent a lot more years coaching than I have, and I was a terrible batting coach. I was a better pitching coach than batting. Yeah, <laughs> it all depends. I mean, yeah, there's bottom hand hitters and top hand hitters. A lot of people pull with the bottom hand. Other people push with the top end. So he's yeah. more of a push with the top end guy. So I don't think it will affect him like it would others, you know, like a Rob Ventura, like or Tony Gwynn. They like to pull the the pull the barrel or pull the basically pull the handle through the zone with the bottom hand. So I think I think from that perspective, uh, Andy Pajes will be okay from there. But still, man, it's as you know, as violent as his swing is and with as much tilt that he gets in his swing. You want all of your levers and mechanisms to be healthy, so uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly how on Andy Pajes, how healthy he is this year, and how all that goes. Yeah, it's going to be um, – he should start a day. I mean, it was a total of bats or so. Um, and that's a good place for him to reestablish himself quickly. And if the Dodgers don't make any moves – um, or even if they make a move, let's let's say it's a Tommy Pham or a Adam Duvall. There's nothing they can't say that Andy Pires can't knock him out of the lineup. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, no doubt. That, I mean, if Andy Pires is right and he's healthy and he's playing well, he's the type of guy that can take over entire lineups. I mean, Austin yeah. has seen him do that quite a bit. He <laughs> comes up big when it matters the most. And he, you know, like I've seen him have back-to-back nights with six RBIs, and in the back-to-back nights, the Loon scored 13 runs, and he had 12 of the RBIs of them. You know, yeah. so he's the type of guy that when he gets hot, he can carry line. And and if you look at his underlying statistics and his underlying metrics, his WRC plus, his OPS, the way that his strikeouts are fairly low for the amount of power that he presents, he is a guy that projects easily as an everyday starter at the major leagues there's no underlying statistic that would say anything different he has good speed he lost the weight last year so he's playing center field so there's no reason for the Dodgers if he's healthy not to give him a chance he's on the 40 man we know Tim we said this a long time ago though it's not about the money for the Dodgers the gold the gold standard is in roster spots both on the 40 man and 26 Here's the problem. You only have one roster spot left, 
and you still have Michael Bush, you still have Miguel Vargas, you still have Andy Paez, not on that 40-man, and Nick Frasso. But from a position player perspective, basically you have one spot for all three of those guys. Yeah, it's one of the – I mean, and you look at it, I mean, because if you look at the bench today, it's Margot – and then, because I'm assuming CT3 right now is in left. That's just my assumption. So Margot, Austin Barnes, and Miggy Rojas. That's not a lot of power cut that you have off the bench. There's like nothing there. There's a threat as a pinch hitter. So someone has to have some pop coming off the bench. And we know Michael Bush can do it. We definitely know Andy Paez can do it. Um, but if they go and trade for someone, that – all of a sudden, that's probably clears or ends the ends those hopes of, of those guys unless someone gets hurt. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of names out there. You and I, I think, are both on the same page, especially on the pitching aspect of it. Instead, of, you know, I've been saying if you go get, and the Dodgers have done this to this point, if you go get veterans, make sure that they are upper echelon veterans. Yeah, there's two ways to use your prospects. You either play them like they did Ryan Pepio, Michael Grove, Gavin Stone last year, and then obviously Bobby Miller, James Altman, guys like that. You either play them and, and you get value out of them from actually having them on the field, or you trade them. What I don't want the Dodgers to do, this is my biggest nightmare, is to hold on to Nick Frasso, to hold on to Landon Knack, to hold on to Kyle Hurt, to hold on to Gavin Stone, to hold on to Michael Grove, to hold on to Andy Pajes, and all of these guys, Michael Bush, Miguel Vargas, just to hold on to them for depth and then put them on that up-down train from Oklahoma City to L.A. and then use them as depth. If that is your role for them, then trade them away. So the second way that you can get value out of your prospects is to put them in a package and to go get an above-average, really, really, really good left fielder. That That's yeah. the other way you can use them. And I would prefer the second way in the sense that you're going to clear a path for all those guys at a different place, kind of like you just did Ryan Pepio, Johnny DeLuca. Congratulations to Luke Rayleigh, by the way. He got traded mm-hmm. today to the Mariners. He had a really good year last year, really, really good year for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Matter of fact, the Dodgers would have loved to have had his production. He was better than anything the Dodgers had in left field. And also congratulations to Ryan Noda, another one that, that still kills me that that uh, the Dodgers let him go, but they did really didn't have any room for him. Yeah. So, what do you think about those two philosophies, Tim? No, I, I agree. We we've we've said it many times last year: play him or trade him, and um, that's what you got to do. Uh, the the idea of of packaging up for for an, like you say, it's got to be a real impact player. Um, you know, despite the fact I liked some of these guys like Peralta and Jason Hayward and all that. They're not impact players, and and they're just in some ways they they and we we talked about it when Peralta signed last year that um, it was kind of a bummer in some ways we kind of understood it, but it's like shoot that what does that do to the to these young guys what yeah, do they right. what do they do now you know because they're gonna play the guy I mean they even played him when he was broken at the end of the year. And it, it hurt the team at the end of the day. I mean, he batted two thirty last half of the season, wasn't healthy for the playoffs, even though he did get a hit. Um, but it's kind of crazy in just to, to do that. I know they want to build the clubhouse with good guys. They got a, they're loaded with good guys. You don't need any more good guys. You might need someone with a little stink in them, like Tommy Pham, you know, to <laughs> stir yeah. things up and slap someone for fantasy football or something. I don't know. Um, 
yeah, there, it is a bunch of really good guys. I, I've been in that locker room a few times, and Doug's been in there a ton of times. It's a really good group of human beings. Dodgers uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they got uh, the the other guys are gone now. Um, <laughs> the um, yeah, so they but they do need to make do make something happen. You can't go into spring training, in my opinion, with too many of these guys. You have to free them up, like you said. Get let them have their career. It's literally costing them hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you only get to earn this money for so long. Mm-hmm. If Michael Bush would have been traded last year, he makes. What four hundred thousand more than he did? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. I yeah. mean, geez. <laughs> That's why we root for the player until they get to the major leagues. I was talking about this the other night. Mm-hmm. Until the guy like Ryan Pepio or Michael Bush makes it to the major leagues, I root for them before I root for the club. I'm sorry, man. I see these guys. Mm-hmm. I get attached to these guys. The difference between a minor league salary and a major league salary is life changing, and so I root for them to get their opportunity first. Now, like I was saying the other night. Once Ryan Pepio has his major league contract, he's making major league money. Now, if he plays the Dodgers, I want the Dodgers to kick his ass. That's kind of yeah. how that goes, right? Yeah, okay, exactly. So, and yeah, he would understand. Know, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, once he's a millionaire, hey, man, he's big boy now. He made his millions. Now it's all about the Dodgers again. But it is such a difference for these prospects yeah. between being in Oklahoma City and being with L.A. And so, yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. The Dodgers, it's a blessing and a curse to be a Dodgers prospect. It's a blessing in the sense that you're in a wonderful culture. You're around the most positive people on earth. Best instruction. You're going to maximize how good you are. It's a curse because because of all of that, everybody buys in. Nobody's really a bad apple. And so then you just stockpile on top of each other. And then you're in an organization that doesn't like to bring the prospects up till they're like 25 or 26. And then even at that, it just seems like they trickle them in a little bit here or there as depth. And then if they don't get off to a great start, everybody loses their mind. So it's great to be a prospect in the sense that you get into position to maximize how good you are. It's a curse because there's so much competition actually to make it first on the 40-man, then on the 26, and then actually into the lineup. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Doug McCain jokes that uh, Michael Bush will be the 2030 National League uh, Rookie of the Year <laughs> as yeah. a 32-year-old or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost scary how – I mean, Lennon Knack's going to be 27. Yeah, right. Jeez. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you wait until these guys are 25 to flirt with the major leagues, right, and then you just kind of halfway incorporate them – once they're 25, once like Nick Frosso, Nick Frosso is 25, Landon Knack is 26. Well, if Landon Knack now spends this entire year just kind of flirting, because this has really been the first, I know he's on the taxi squad a couple times last year, yeah. but if he just kind of flirts back and forth this year, now he's 27 and he has really no major league experience. So you took a guy like Landon Knack that two years ago had all of this value, right? And now he's 27 with very little major league experience. And as talented as he is, he's lost a lot of value just because of his age. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, there's, there must be something to the philosophy. But um, 
it's still something that is uh, is a little mind boggling when you when you have the perspective that that we take where we we do know these guys we root for them we like you said we root for the person mm-hmm. and um and we'll always root for them when they're when they're gone but not against the Dodgers but um yeah it's it's rough to see and knowing that they want to do better and they're not going to say anything in terms of uh, you know where, <laughs> what's going on with them, you might see it a little bit in some body language when you talk to them. But talk about the players, yeah, 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 exactly. Well, they'll tell you it's a blessing and a curse. They're, I mean, yeah. and they are told every day, Tim, that they're auditioning for all thirty teams yep. every time they take the field. It's like when Jordan Leisure got got, and and like I even said with with Brian Hudson the other day, but when Jordan Leisure got traded, I mean, it was exciting. I mean, like Jake Pilarski, his best friend, super pumped. Because, yeah. I mean, at Jordan Leisure, man, you're talking about seven-foot extension. You're talking yeah. about a guy that's throwing 98 miles an hour, and he's seven foot closer to home plate than he started. That's a guy with a serious fastball. He will be in the major leagues this year because he's not with the Dodgers. Yeah. That, that's not a slight to the Dodgers, right? Right. That is, that is actually a compliment to the Dodgers because they have so much talent and then also – then they go get veterans like Ryan Brazier, like Evan Phillips, like Chris Martin, like Yinci Almonte, like uh, oh, who was the guy that came up a couple times last year that was with the Giants? Uh, I, I, I never remember his name. He came up a couple times. The yeah, big guy, right? Kill. Yeah, huh? The big guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not Montoya, something. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, something yeah, like Mar- Mar- Reyes, Maranta. Yeah, Maranta. Reyes. Yeah, that's yeah. Him, so yeah. They, then they go get guys like that, and then. And so then that just adds to the log jam. And so, yeah, you know, these guys know that they are, they are auditioning. They're told every single day you're auditioning for 30 clubs. Do the math. Okay, there's 40 yeah. roster spots, 26 active spots, and nine starting spots. And you have 26, 27 guys on, on every affiliated team. And everybody's good and everybody's bought in. So do the math, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and I could, I one of the things I, I think they're going to do, and I, I think they're going to hold regretfully hold on to some of these guys. Yeah, until the trading deadline. That's why I've been. That's why I've been advocating for trades. All I'm saying is yeah. for those guys' sakes. Yeah, because yeah. when, when trading deadline is going to happen, um, the season is not going to go perfectly. I mean, last year. By my count, there was 10 starting pitchers going into spring training. And by the middle of the season, they were desperate for innings that they had to get Lance Lynn to come save, literally save the pitching staff just by throwing innings. Yeah. So you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I, could see, I can see them going, hey, we're going to hold on in case we can get Let's say Lux can't play defense for some reason. His knee doesn't respond, which would I don't believe will happen. But then they can make then they can make a trade for a shortstop that can that could uh, fill in if he can't, or if they if the pitching and more likely the pitching will not go as planned, and then they'd have to go get uh, another another pitcher, and they'll and they'll have the prospect capital to do it. Yeah, um, I'd kind of rather have it go now. Um, just for their sake and everything, or so it's not another half season. But even with that half season, right, all those guys that are 25, their value goes down almost by the week. Yeah, you're saying trade for a shortstop? If they had to. Not, who, who I wouldn't trade for the shortstop now. I'm not trading for the shortstop now. I go all in on Lux. But if no, I, I understand that. But let's say Lux doesn't work out either. doesn't play well. Yeah. And you got to move him back to second or his knee doesn't hold up. 
what yeah. shortstops are on the trade markets that you go get? That that would be better than Miggy Rowe. It would be Adamus. That's that's about it. But you know, everyone assumes that the the Brewers are going to trade all their players. Like, well, they they still they always find a way to contend. Even though I know, so th- there's no there's no guarantee that Adamus would be be available. So maybe be pricey. They, they they just won't be anything any any moves to make. Um, Is he better than Rojas? Huh? Is he better than Rojas? Offensively, defensively, no. But he's good. He's really good defensively. But he's not Rojas good. Ro- Miggy Rowe defense. My goodness, he was sure fun to watch. Um, but yeah, I, it's just one of the, you just got. And that was just an example. More than likely, would be for pitching. Yeah. That'll be the uh, the 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 one thing that you just can't guarantee the health of any of these pitchers. Regretfully, so yeah. I the Say it again, Tim. No, they'll have the ammunition to make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of going and making that trade right now for that fifth inning, that fifth inning or that fifth starter uh, innings eater type guy, I think we both were advocating for Lucas Giolito. I think we were both on the same page Mm -hmm. here in the sense that if Lucas wanted to just come back home to Southern California, have a very team friendly deal with the Dodgers just to play on this team to win a World Series and then to reload his stock and become a Mm -hmm. free agent next year after a great year in the Dodgers organization. That was kind of the the dream that I saw there, mm-hmm. and put Me him too. in that fourth or fifth, you know, offer him fifteen million for one year. Say, hey, prove it. If you prove it, you go out and you get this unbelievable contract, like a lot, you know, like so many pitchers in the Dodgers organization did. Once he got the multi year deal, that was out, right? So yeah. now, I mean, I think now, you know, I think we added it up the other night. There's eight hundred to nine hundred innings available. Mm-hmm. It's a sliding scale, right? Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me. There's there's about there's about there's about 800 900 innings that you're gonna have to cover I should say about two to three hundred that will be available for whoever whether you go right. get an innings eater or the rookie type guys I will say this I say this over and over and I will go this to my grave okay as long as Nick Frosso is healthy I'll say that that's as much as I can say right there but I will say that um, I will say that uh, you will not get more talented guys than you have in the system yeah if you go out and get a, a fifth starter right now. Oh yeah. For the fifth starter. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, he's, we, we've said it. He's, he's for his mechanics. So he's the right-handed Alex Wood. Um, and then you've talked about his fastball and just the, uh, how, how good it is and how yeah. elite of a pitcher he is. And, um, uh, I, I think my only concern about him, he, he does seem to break down, um, and I and I'm I just you know is he a starter is he a reliever or do they start piggybacking a lot which I am a big fan of with with all the numbers that well they, they do have. a lot in the minors yeah how about a Frasso uh, Kyle Hurt piggyback for that uh, that last spot hey by the way I know you you released your prospect fifteen hundred but that 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 list today is that right Tim yeah it was from yeah okay and we did our our top ten prospects last night and we don't make our own prospects list first of all tim and i and austin we're too close i mean we know the we know the families we know the players it just wouldn't first of all it wouldn't suit us and second of all watching these guys we don't think it would be fair and i I think you'll agree with me here tim we've talked about this before so i think i can say this it's not fair to compare a catcher at the triple a level to a left fielder at the single a level i mean what good does that do you right i mean 
Come on. It's not about who the guys are the, are the high. It's about who is the next guy in line at the major league level, right? So actually right now, the second best catcher in the organization, you know who it is? Um, it's it's, uh, um, it's <laughs> Hunter Fiducia. Yeah, Hunter Fiducia. It's Hunter, yeah, and he's on yeah. the 40-man at least this time. I was surprised they put him on. Yeah, I was I was very pleasantly pleased with that. Yeah. So that's kind of my point with Dodgers' top prospects list. They're fun. Yeah. You know this as well as I do, Tim. Until a guy makes it to double A, you have no freaking clue what they're going to do, right? None. Exactly. Because that jump to double A is huge. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Diego Cartaya was, it was an example of that. I mean, it is a just a huge jump. Yeah. He'll be and, um, yeah. And, yeah, those prospect lists, I look at them and go, oh, okay, well, it's this guy's, I'm sure, happy to be on a list, you know? And yeah. so I'd like to – I like just, it from that perspective, yeah. Yeah. It just gives them it gives a chance to talk about the guys a little bit more. Just another angle. Um, I, I got to be honest, the prospect fifteen hundred list. I didn't. I just didn't. Not close. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Hey, let me go on a little bit of a side. You, yeah. You, you'll chime in here too. We did our prospects list last night, and I love the MLB Pipeline list. It's the only one I use. They are so accurate because they have so many different resources. They okay. You what I what I love about your coverage, Tim, the reason why we get along so well, you don't analyze a player unless you have actually seen them, right? You're not going to and you're certainly not going to criticize a guy and say, Well, he can't do this based right. on something you read, right? Right. Yeah, I'll just okay. I, and we admit it, we'll go, you know, I haven't seen him. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is fine. So so what's cool about that is is that whatever, you know, however you evaluate is what you have seen. Okay, right. so MLB Pipeline, they get eyes on these guys. They have they have scouts, they have resources, they have Dave Holiday scouts for different organizations that give firsthand accounts. So that's really the only one I use because it comes from firsthand I saw this guy accounts, right? Okay, so we went up we I when whenever I go over top ten prospects list, we go over the MLB pipeline list and it didn't have Kyle Hurt in it. Kyle Hurt was number eleven. Okay, I'm going to say this right now, and you can rebut this. Anybody out there can rebut this, and we're getting ready to get some comments. We're starting to get a good lobby in here. I know Clint's show is going on, too, and I'm actually on that at the same time. But we'll get to the comments here in just a minute. Kyle Hurt would be my number two prospect in the entire Dodgers organization. Michael Bush would be number one. Kyle Hurt would be number two. The fact that he's not on the MLB pipeline list I was very disappointed in that. I don't know what's going on there. I have no earthly idea. But when I saw that, I was like, wow. you know." But, <laughs> hey, this is the list we're doing, so I had to do it. So right. I wanted to make sure the day after we released that show, Kyle Hurt would be my number two prospect in the Dodgers organization. There was a reason why he was the minor league pitcher of the year last year. He showed it at the major league level, both in spring training and against the Padres. Limited sample size. But when Kyle Hurd is repeating his delivery yeah. and when he is in the strike zone, he has probably the best stuff of anybody in the organization as far as being electric. Wow. I mean, it's I, I, it's interesting that you say that because I thought you'd put uh, put him third behind. I thought you'd have Frasso second. <laughs> but I get it. Frasso, um, Frasso has had too many injuries for me yeah. to put him in front of Kyle Hurd. Yeah. Well, Kyle, Kyle's, he's he's big boy. Um, you know, big body guy. Um, Frosso's, you know, he looks like a 
he could play basketball. I mean, he's he can got dunk. That... I know he can dunk. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Um, he, he looks like he's got a bat, more of a basketball player's body. But um, yeah, I get it. And last time I looked at MLB, pipe, MLB pipeline list, they didn't even have Jesus Galiz in the top thirty. Yeah. And now it's like, are you kidding me? He's probably the best defensive catcher, at least that yeah. I've seen, in in the organization, and is hitting. Got just got, yeah, did he's he did have a terrible start, but he was and I didn't I, I just I forgot this because and you know this, he carries himself so well. Great I forgot dude. he was 19 years old the whole season. I, mm-hmm. I was assuming he was like 21 or 22 for some dumb reason. I never put it together. He's only 19, but he he just. Uh, yeah, and so him to not be in the top 30s is kind of insane in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I've seen him a lot. You've seen him a lot. Come on. <laughs> Another thing, too, I mentioned this last night. I wish they would drop Josue de Paula, and not because he's not great. I just hate it when they take young kids that are that young and put that kind of pressure on them. It, it's just it's not fair to the young. I just wish they would let them develop a little bit before they started saying, hey, he's the number two prospect. And, you know, okay, he's yeah. in single A. He is a great player. He has a big body. He's He has tremendous talent. Let him breathe a little bit, though, before yeah. you start putting those kind of expectations on him. I, I wish I, people would do that. Yeah, because, you know, when, when you first started, he was starting to get a little bit of shine. You started hearing certain comparisons. Yeah. And um, and I understood it. I've I actually eventually – because they were already out there. I made him a little bit myself. Um, but I agree because, I mean. Who do they he, compare he, him to? Um, it's Soto. Oh, see, I compare him to Bernie Williams. I, I see Bernie Williams all over again with him. It's the eye. The the batting eye is, he He got better on that umpire. Seemed like yeah, almost half right. the time. <laughs> different, watching from different angles, like, you know, he really, for a, it's a, and it, that's a God-given gift. To be able to watch, to see the ball like he does, that's where the Soto thing comes in for me. The mm-hmm. I like Soto, um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, he just turned eighteen. I still remember being an eighteen-year-old. I was a real idiot. Oh, yeah. with no yeah, maturity. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, guy, we mature a little <laughs> bit later than the than the ladies, and so we're really stupid at eighteen. And to have to have all that blown at you right to go look how wonderful you are i'm sure the coaching staff's going oh please don't do this <laughs> yeah right but, yeah it, it's a lot to take in diego cartaya felt it last year mm-hmm. nobody will ever be able to convince me differently that the monkey jumped on his back man you're the dodgers number one prospect and you're getting a lot of publicity yeah. and all of a sudden you look up and it's june and you're hitting below the mendoza line that monkey jumps on your back but hey let's get to some some fan interaction here, Tim. We have yeah. a great lobby going on. It's a lot. And, uh, I appreciate everybody joining in. We had major cluster bomb at the beginning of this. I got started late. I was sharpening chainsaw chains and lost track of time, got linked to Tim late, and then about seven different things didn't go right. <laughs> had to kill the first link. Now we're here for the second link, and we still have a great lobby. So that's how wonderful you Dodgers fans are, and we thank you so much for that. Okay, so I'm loud and clear, says Denard2010. Thank you for that. Benji, welcome back tonight. Tim with his patented 
sense of humor, broken pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a limited vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay, Justin says, I actually wanted L.A. to sign Ray when he's a free agent back in 21 after he won the Cy Young. Had anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I, I've never been a Robbie Ray fan. Yeah. I, I've watched him melt down. In the, I watched him melt down in the playoffs. It happened live. I saw it live a couple times, or once live and then once uh, it, watching him in, in the wild card against the Rockies. And then um, – and he improved it again last year in 2022. He melted down right away. Um, yeah. I think he's a r- really good regular season pitcher, but um, just never been a huge fan of, of of him on the mound. Danielle Finn, thank you so much for joining, and thank you for hanging in and doing your best to find us here. I appreciate <laughs> you you coming in. Again, we have a great lobby. Benji says these are the great best kind of shows, the complete cluster bombs. I agree. Hey, I'm great at, I'm, at – dealing with cluster bombs because that's pretty much what I do with my entire life. I create a gigantic cluster bomb and figure out how to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the way it all is with this tech, man. Because sometimes it it can be, you have everything set up, you plug in and all of a sudden something doesn't work. It happens way too many times. Yep. And just, most of it was self-inflicted by me tonight. I, I, uh, well, anyways. All right. Daniel Barry Sports Highlight says, hey, and subscribe. Thank you so much, Daniel. I appreciate that very, very, very much. We come on each Sunday, each Wednesday, and each Friday. Tim, when are your shows? I'm usually, if I go, it's usually at 9 p.m. Um, during the weekdays. Sometimes I'll be random during the week uh, or during the weekend. Um, usually it's just when uh, it's at 9 because – my wife goes to bed, and then I got I got an hour or two to burn. Might as well go out and, and play and hang out with some Dodger fans. I mean, the the chat is very familiar. A lot of great people out here that are uh, regulars on on a lot of our shows, and we really appreciate you all that are that are out there. That's for sure. No doubt. Denard says, "I feel now that the holidays are behind us, and the two biggest free agents, Otani Yamamoto, have signed. The rest of the dominoes will fall now." The first domino was Otani. Everything had to wait on that. And I felt like all the Dodgers dominoes after that was was Yamamoto. I I didn't feel like they were going to do anything until they signed him, which is why I thought it was very smart. I've said this a couple times that the D-backs went in and scooped in uh, uh, Gurriel Jr. Mm -hmm. Because I thought he was the most attractive free agent outfielder at that time. Yeah, I actually agree with. I do agree with that. I um, I I like. I think he's a pretty pretty darn good player and would have been worth the contract that he got from Arizona and more. Um, yeah. But and Arizona's looking good, um, and I still expect them to sign either J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner, uh, and and I think that's good. I think the Dodgers need a challenge. They can't they go. Do. They can't have this thing of you know in twenty twenty two they clinched it in June and then last year they clinched it in August or maybe even July. I mean. It's just, and and then then they go to the playoffs and they're just kind of done. Yeah. So, yeah, a challenge is good. I still look back at 2020. I know it was a shortened season and everything, but the Padres gave them a run till like the last week of the season, and the mm-hmm. Dodgers went into the playoffs hot, and they they stayed hot until the you know the Braves kind of slapped them around a bit, but they recovered in time. But even in 2021 against the Giants they came in and looked and were playing well um during the playoffs and they just they got injured <laughs> so yeah. that was too, almost too much where they uh you know lost Kershaw and Muncie in the last uh, last weekend it's just 
clinch with it clinch with about a week or four or five days to go you get a chance to rearrange your pitching staff and get ready you know get ready for the postseason but you're still playing meaningful games that's the way i kind of look at it how much better are the dodgers now than they were last year um well i'm going to just compare right off the bat our our pitching staff uh in the playoffs which was kershaw who was compromised with a bad shoulder and then we had bobby miller rookie and then we had lance lynn uh the king of the gopher ball well, you had Pepio. You didn't throw him. Yeah, I still don't get it. Um, <laughs> still trying to figure that one out, Casey. Um, <laughs> you and I both, Tim. Yeah. Now we go. Well, we 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 got Tyler Glasnow, and we got Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We have Bobby Miller with some experience, which Pepio really. I thought he really needed, uh, like they all do. I'm glad that that uh, Miller got some experience, and then we got. Um, we got Walker Buehler coming later. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's he's uh, just be close to what he was. It'd be wonderful. We got Emmett Sheehan, who some are saying he might have the best stuff. I think Kershaw said that himself that he has the best stuff of all those uh, you know, those young guys. And um, so I, I like where we're going with that. That's a good five man. With when Walker comes back, right now I guess it would be uh, Ryan Yarbrough. Would would be in the in line for uh, some competition there from Gavin Stone. Well, you know the list. It's about what yeah. 10, 10 or eleven right-handed prospects that are ready to go. Um, yeah, so there's. I I really like where they're at. I think the year, the extra year, and just getting these guys now. Yamamoto will have some adjustment. They're, the ball's yeah. a little different and all that. So. Um, and hopefully Glasnow's – I keep saying Glasnow, Glasnow. Oh, Glasnow's healthy. I mean, we gave up a really good pitcher for him, but – And an this, outfielder. Margot – I guess we got Margot back. But. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's about I, – I got I got the same attitude. Like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Taking up another well, spot. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's more so DeLuca is – I know people are not giving him the credit that he deserves. <laughs> Including the Dodgers, it seemed like. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in you know the Rays aren't stupid. That's a that's a really smart organization, and um, they probably said, "Well, you're going to take Margot. We're going to take Deluca to make this happen, in order for you to get what could be a, a real top line pitcher." Uh, and with the five with the five year with the four year extension, which made it palatable for me. Um, yeah. Before that, that I was exactly right. I was dead against that trade. Hundred percent correct. Yeah. And it was like, oh. When it was one for five, meaning one year of Tyler Glasnow for five of Pepio, it was a hell no. What are we doing? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's one obviously, of those where... obviously, they had different plans, though. The, the five for five, that made sense. It did, yeah. And, um, yeah. And so, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, Friedman gets a lot more right than he does wrong. That's for sure. He's gotten very few not right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those where – and then to – to be honest, I'm still surprised they got both Otani and Yamamoto. It, it's amazing just to go, wow, they really dished out a billion dollars. Yeah, um, that type of commitment, and I, um, and I'm uh, super excited for it. Obviously, and it's done wonders for all of our channels. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, we're seeing kanji in our in our messages and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, um. I already got off track, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, the billion dollars in two players. Yeah, Not a million, improved. billion. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, we we Mookie Mookie Smith Mookie Betts is going to be the second baseman. It sounds like full time, and then um, with Lux in the lineup, that could be huge. I know I'm pretty darn sure you agree too. If he is able to be healthy and hit like we know he can hit, the lineup just got a whole lot better. Hey, Kevin Hurts in the line in the in the chat. You see that? Oh, is he? There he is. I just saw him. Yeah. Can't wait I for spring training either, Kevin. We are excited about it. That's for sure. Yeah, we we just went over Kyle. I made it real clear, <laughs> real clear that uh, MLB Pipeline missed out on Kyle. Kyle would be my number two prospect between behind Michael Bush. I made that very, very yep. clear. That is a – hey, man, these MLB Pipeline does – like I said, they, in my opinion, they do a good job. They have eyes on the ground. They totally missed on that one. I mean, that was just an absolute swing and a miss. Anytime you talk about the minor league pitcher of the year, and then not only that, but the major league experience that he got last year and the way that he did it there, and the, just all the upside to him. I mean, he is just right. absolute electricity. And not to mention, Tim, the versatility. Yes. Kyle Hurt doesn't give a damn where he pitches. As long as it's – he doesn't care if it's a closer, middle reliever. I don't. Th- I think he's too good to be a middle reliever. I think he needs to be a starter – Pick slash piggyback or closer. His stuff's too good to pitch the sixth inning, right? I think it needs to be pitching the eighth or ninth inning or to get the game started at the beginning. The versatility, too. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. nothing not to like about Kyle Hurt. He's got the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I don't know if he's hit the zero or not yet, but if he hasn't, it's coming. He's got the the ridiculous, just the electric strikeout stuff. He, he He would strike out his grandma if he faced her, I think he would. I think Kevin would probably agree to that. And then also he has the extreme amount of versatility. And so there's just, uh, you know, there's no way that he's not a, a top 10 prospect in the yeah. Dodgers organization. I mean, there's that, he's, you know, so there, that, that's the second time that, that we've gone over that. But, I, you know, hey, those lists are good. They're fun. They give, they give players exposure. I was glad to see Austin Gothier come in at number 30. But, hey, they can't get all of them right, and they didn't get Kyle right. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at on that. Yeah, and with, with that pitching staff, I mean, and Kyle's another – I think the bullpen's actually going, coming out of the gate better this year already than it was last year. Deeper. And yeah, they're, they're probably not done. Um, because some of these guys that, that we talk about as possible starters will either – I think they'd rather be in the bullpen than in, than at uh, – at OKC, no offense to Oklahoma, but I think that's where they'd rather be is in LA. There's no offense taken to that. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I really do think they should work in some of those piggybackings. If you really want to hold back on some of those innings and stuff, man, be smart about it. You don't need to win a hundred games. You need to. You just need to get in, and because we've already seen what happens when you when you burn out. Your pitching staff. I mean, that's yeah. what happened the, the last few years. I mean, even in 2022, Urias and Kershaw were not sharp in the playoffs. Um, and the only guy that was sharp was Tyler Anderson. Um, and, and, and we've seen, you know, and he's, he's going to be out all of 2022. But Tony Gonsolin has burnt, burnt out the last two years. Yeah. So, yeah. Tyler uh, but Anderson. The lineup, though, with Lux, he's going to make a huge difference. I'm hoping Muncie, I've said it on my show, I really hope he drops 30 pounds. 
Um, it'll help him defensively so much. I know this because I've dropped that much weight. Yeah, I've dropped more, but I know what it means to bend over when you got extra. And then left field um, with CT3 out there and, and whoever else uh, will be fine. Um, Outman in center with another year, right? And then right field will be Hayward and I guess Margot. Um, it doesn't doesn't make me go, wow, we're we're really set there. I'd, I would like to see an upgrade. And then we got guys like Piaz, Bush, and Vargas, and Vargas with some and, and Bush also getting experience during this during last year. We'll see. What are your thoughts on the lineup? I think Chris Taylor's value is that he can be any position on the field. I don't think his value is being an everyday starter. I I agree. I I don't, I don't think that his game is set for that in the sense that he strikes out too much. He's not necessarily a high average hitter. He's a good athlete, but Mm -hmm. the value is he can be playing shortstop, second base, third base, left field, center field, right field. He can, he is, he is. So whenever you're okay. So here's the deal. Whenever you have an organization with as much talent as the Dodgers, We've talked about it. it's not about the money. They've given out a billion dollars to two players. They don't care about the money. If if they if a player will help them win a World Series, they will pay the money. Mm-hmm. It's not about – but the one thing that the Dodgers can't create more of, Tim, they can make more money, right? Okay? But you know what they can't make more of? Roster spots, yeah. right? So the real gold standard in the Dodgers organization is roster spots. So when you have a guy like Chris Taylor that can play every single position. Yes. Right? That saves roster spots. That allows you to put an Andy Pajes on there or maybe carry an extra pitcher or not have to have an extra shortstop or not have to have an ex like, – like right now, the Dodgers don't need to have an extra third baseman or an extra shortstop or an extra second baseman because Chris Taylor can play all of those positions. So right. whenever your roster spots are your gold standard, it's the most valuable thing that you possibly have Having a guy like Chris Taylor that can play seven positions on the field is absolute dynamite. When you when you take that away from him and make him only one position, yeah. now you've reduced a massive amount of value of what he's brought to your organization as far as roster spots, right? So yeah, now agree. you're having one player for each position. So CT3, kind of like Kike Hernandez, he has to be the guy that's playing – everywhere you can't be your starting everyday left fielder from that perspective because then it's going to clutter up your roster no exactly and in fact last year if you remember chris taylor got off to a pretty he was having a pretty bad year then when they acquired kike hernandez yeah he started doing better because he was freed up because he was playing a lot of correct you know fixed spots and so kike was able to they were both able to do their thing which is fill in the gaps, and plus, of course, Mookie being able to play some shortstop, played a lot of second base, right field. That was remarkable what he brought to them, and I'm I'm still hoping that they that he'll do the right field thing if they somehow can relieve themselves of Margot uh, and get something. See, I like different. him at second base, but uh, yeah, we're, I we're do too. On that one. And he and he likes being there, um, but just to. to the versatility is there. If there's an emergency, I'm guessing Mookie Belts can play right field oh, sure. <laughs> at any time. <laughs> and in center field, we know, we know that too. So there's the built-in versatility there. And then um, Rojas can play anywhere on the infield too. Um, but, yeah, 
Chris Taylor, I just haven't penciled into left field because I don't know what else they they plan on doing. I think if you ask Doc, that's what he would say. Um, I'm encouraged that Friedman says that Michael Bush needs to play Major League Baseball. So whatever that means, let's make that happen. I'm, I'm really. I, I had a question for you because, and I'm probably going to snag this when when we're done with it for my show later, um, one of my shows. Michael Bush, beginning of the season you know, he's learning how to play third base. And it looked like he was struggling. By the end of the year, at least numerical-wise, it looked like he got better. What did you see with Michael Bush at third base by the end of the year? How did he look to you? At third base? Well, you know, he grew up playing a shortstop. I mean, first base was put on him in college because he went to North Carolina and they needed to play him as a true freshman because he could freaking hit, right? Yeah. That's the only reason he moved to the right side of the infield. So I'll promise you he's going to feel more comfortable at third than he did at second. There's no doubt about that because if you if you play on that side of the field, I'm telling you, man, it's a whole different – Gavin Lux will tell you that. Mm-hmm. I mean, second base is way harder for him than shortstop ever has been, and it's yep. because of the angles. It's the way the ball looks coming off the bat. It's the way that your feet move through the ball. So, like, when Michael Bush fields a ball at third base, right, his feet are moving towards first base. Right. So he's able to set, get his feet up underneath him, throw the ball to first base when he fields a ball at second base probably over 50 percent of the balls everything's moving away from first base which means he's having to stop he's having to reset he's and then all either that or he's having to make a really awkward throw so from all of those perspectives he looks very comfortable he he would be a very he would be a better defensive third baseman than max muncie in my opinion max muncie hey i will say this and i say this every time i talk about him he he has come leap years and light years defensively in this organization Mm -hmm. it is remarkable how much better defensively he is now than he was whenever he came into the organization oh yeah from (laughs) oakland it's remarkable i didn't think you honestly tim i didn't think he would be good enough defensively even to put him at first base when he first came in seriously (laughs) and he actually got really good at first base and then they did they got that Freeman guy, and I guess you yeah. <laughs> you make Max had to move, but yeah, he. I mean, he's. It looks to me when Max plays third, he really struggles on the on those uh, you know slow rollers, picking the ball up. Just seems to be a struggle. Um, hopefully, you know it's rough. I mean, he's still he was re- going through a season where he was hitting what one ninety. You could tell he was struggling because he was actually swinging at pitches he'd never swing at. And, you know, the defense was – was it, third base is not the position he likes. He likes second base. I remember him saying that. And he became a decent second baseman too, actually. Um, but that's taken now too. So it's third base for Max. Um, but I was just kind of wondering, you know, will Bush be good enough at, to play major league third base for Dodgers or some other team if, it, if, if that happens to be the case? If he if he's the everyday third baseman and you say, Hey Michael, I don't yeah. care if you make seventy two errors in the next thirteen games, you're going to be our third baseman from now on. We're we're committed to you. If he gets that kind of commitment, yes, he'll be he'll be a terrific well, he'll be a good defensive third baseman and a terrific offensive player. Yeah. If you throw him in there every now and then at third base and then every once in a while at second, and then you try to throw him in left field once like they did in AAA last year. And then he gets the first baseman glove on, 
and then it's five games later he's at third base again you know that kind of deal yeah. or he's going up and down between Oklahoma City and Tulsa and he's only getting two or three games at a time at that point will he be a good third baseman of course not man yeah. I'm telling you man when they send those guys up and down and you don't know where your feet are going to be and you don't know if you're going to be at third base or at second base or a starting pitcher or like they did Gavin Stone last year they brought him up and taxied him three different occasions because they thought they might have a doubleheader, then didn't have a doubleheader, then he didn't pitch at all, and then had to come back to Oklahoma City, and it was like 14 days in between times he pitches, he pitched, and then I've got guys going to games on Saturday nights texting me, what the hell's wrong with Gavin Stone? I'm like, yeah. well, damn, man, he's traveled – 4,000 miles in the last 48 hours. He doesn't ever, he's never, he had no routine. He didn't know when he was going to pitch. He didn't know in what role. I mean, that's yeah. what's wrong with him. And then at the same time, he's trying to, he's trying to, to add a cutter. He's trying to reincorporate his two seam back in. Right. And he's trying to break into the major leagues all at the same time. Hey, it's hard enough to break into the major leagues if they tell you, hey, you're our starting center fielder relax i don't care how i don't care yeah. how bad you do you're going to be your center it's it's hard enough to do it under those circumstances to do it under circumstances where everything is results based and then there's no consistency to it it's it's unbelievably hard tim yeah on the and the dodgers they did it more than once they did it quite a few times i'm looking back they'd go there's an injured player and they go well we're going to give him another couple days Again, you you won the division by 16 games. Right. Put, put J.D. Martinez or whoever it was or some pitcher, just put them on the I.L., bring up the other guys. Don't do this oh, – because the one time, one of the times I got a pass there, um, you know, Landon Knack was there. Yeah. He's on the taxi squad. Because uh, J.P. Hornstra comes up and he goes, hey, do you know what Landon Knack looks like? <laughs> I go, yeah, I, we never got it. He never was in the clubhouse when I was in there. But they could have just put someone on the IL, let him let him pitch, let him do his thing. But it's like, what, what are you actually saving? Just let the guys – first, let the guys actually heal Correct. on the injured list. Let them heal, preferably let them rehab at Rancho, which is my preference, of course, and then let them play when they're ready versus, well, we're going to milk every little – at bat out of these guys. I mean, Jaden Martinez was even coming back. It seemed a little early from his injury. It's like, is he, gosh, well, I don't even want him running hard out there. And they did that with pitchers all the time. It's like, well, maybe we can get another start or get something out of him. It's like, but the, you know, this reliever's down for a couple days. Just put him on the IL. You know, <laughs> just let <laughs> these guys come up and play versus this taxi squad or, or even they might not even be necessarily a taxi squad, but they're on alert, ready to go. They might even be in Los Angeles, but they're not mm -hmm. officially there. They're, no one knows they're there. That, I've seen that happen or heard about oh, yeah. it happening. <laughs> I, I usually know about it and can't say anything about right, it. Right, right. They're like, hey, don't keep this on the down low, but I'm here. Hey, yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of bizarre. And uh, just let them – let them play if, if that's the case. But um, yeah, it's the Dodgers do some things just a little differently. They're, they're easily the, one of the most secretive organizations that's out there um, for good reason. I mean, mm. it was kind of nice um, watching everything fall apart on, um, on Shohei Friday where, you know, he was on a plane to Toronto 
signing with the Ray or the yeah. Blue Jays and all that. And the Dodgers just going, hey, we know what we're doing, yeah. and we're just keeping quiet. And then they didn't break or anything like that. So there's an there's an obvious advantage to the to the quietness. But people are just going, man, we want to get something for them. <laughs> so just yeah. some type of information. But they're so even vague about injuries. You ain't know what these guys in, are injured, you know, when they're hurt. It's like, well, we're not going to tell you. I still don't know the details of Kershaw's injury, but then again, he's not on the Dodgers at the moment. But yeah, the Dodgers believe in margins, and every small mm-hmm. margin they feel like they can gain, they're going to do it. And, and that that comes from the metrical perspective of how they evaluate things. And from a metrical perspective, you know, hey, sending a guy back and forth and using them, as, it, it makes sense on paper, but I, I just mm-hmm. don't always think it where it, it actually works whenever you're talking about real life sending these guys on planes back and forth, not giving them consistency, not, you know, and just I think that's the part of it that they don't have right. Uh, I think they need to just define roles and be done with it and, and you know, the back and forth thing. But I've said that many times, so we'll move on from that. And that's just <laughs> – and I'm probably wrong, you know. And I don't mean that as to be a criticism. That's just kind of where where we're at with that. But, hey, Benji says our bench is blee right now. Play the young guys, please. Yep, the young guys would be the pitchers, Kyle Hurd, Gavin Stone, Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, Michael Grove. Those are the 40-man guys. And I'm telling you right now – at some point, Ricky Venasco, he's he's going to he's going to make his major league debut. Alec Gamboa and John Rooney. I think those three will make their major league debuts this year. And watch out for Ricky Venasco. I've been telling anybody mm-hmm. that would listen to me since about last June, this dude's on a mission. He hit, I believe, ninety eight last year. The slider is insane. Just had a baby too. So congratulations oh, cool. to him. Yeah. But Ricky Venasco, man, I'm telling you, this dude's good. And and whenever the season ended last year and the Dodgers didn't offer him a contract, I was like, that was weird. I, so, and the first thing I said, well, somebody's going to pick him up and sign him to a major league contract, and they're going to be the better team for it. Thank goodness it was the Dodgers. Well, I think that was a um, a result of you know the the number of roster spots in the organization is down to 165. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of um, there was a one day when all of a sudden on the transactions about 26 or 27 guys showed up as free agents and most of those guys have not signed a contract. Yeah. Um, so there's about, I think it's 20 to 25 less roster spots for next year. So I think that's why the Dodgers were able to, uh, to, to pull that one off. But, um, yeah, I was really surprised at that too. And there was other people, other, you know, prospect guys out there going, what, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the same time, you know, they keep offering contracts to people They're like, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like our, I, I think our, the, there's a golden opportunity for two of the guys you mentioned with Gamboa and Rooney. Um, I think the left-handed pitching in the, in the bullpen, I don't care about the starters, the relief pitching. I think there's a problem there. I think there's, there's not any, there's no stopper in there. I'd rather go with the righty than than some of our lefties, to be honest with you. So See, I think a- Caleb Ferguson will have a good year. I think he was getting rust knocked off last year. He was thrust into high leverage situations, wasn't totally comfortable with it, coming off the injuries, and I think this year he's going to be comfortable and pitching good. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going to convince me thing, yeah. <laughs> even though it, before he had his Tommy John in 2020, he I've never seen him look better. Mm-hmm. He, he looked so good. Um, 
he's also this is he's free agent after 2024 mm-hmm. so he's got he's got some stuff to play for it um and it seemed like his worst games were all in ohio it yeah. was the weirdest thing yeah i know he's from there and so in, in the with the against the in I was going to say Riverfront. This shows a flashback to the old days to wherever the Reds play now. Um, he had three losses. And then I think in Cleveland, he had one or two. It yeah. was just kind of the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're a little staying there. And, and Vassy, it seems like every year he's got to go down to AAA to get a little tune up. Yeah. So I think I got with- to see him quite a bit. He, he, when he's in control of his emotions, I mean, he mm-hmm. is a roller coaster of emotions, man. That's rough. That's that's yeah. a tough way to play baseball. That's for sure. As a reliever, it is. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Gamboa. I mean, another one that I was surprised about that wasn't um, selected in the uh, the Rule Five. That's for sure. I mean, relievers well, just aren't valued like that. I, I've learned I that. I mean, as good as they are, mm-hmm. they're just the Dodgers don't. They just don't value strictly relief guys. Now, when they you're don't. talking about guys that are starters and relievers, they can go in every which way. Roll like the guys we've seen, like Pepio was, like Kyle Hurt's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different story. But when you are just strict like a Nick Robertson, a Mark Washington, when you are strictly just a right-handed reliever, it's tough, man. I mean, because that's yeah. the, the one position that organizations feel like they can kind of just shop at the five-and-dime store and get pretty much the same guy. Yeah. I mean, and and they, the Dodgers have proven they, they do a pretty darn good job with that. They do. But, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work, and then you know the first couple months of the season last year, that bullpen was was pretty horrid. Yeah, um, and you know Ryan Brazier comes from the Angels, and he he'd been terrible, and helped save that bullpen. And then all of a sudden, it seems like guys just go with the bullpen. Oh, one guy's doing well. I guess I'm going to start doing well. And like by the end of the season, Bruce Gratterall was. I don't think he gave up a run like his last 25 innings or something like that. It was, it was a lot of innings. Yeah. Brewstar takes a lot of fire from Dodgers fans and he actually was really good last year. Yeah. I know he doesn't strike as many people out as people like, because his extension's not great. Right. You know, so that 98 actually probably looks like about 94, but still the ball moves. It's a two seam. It stays away from barrels. And I know the, the soft contact isn't exactly the style that the Dodgers like coming out of the bullpen, they like the the swing and miss stuff. But you got to give Bruce Dar his credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he drives Dodgers fans nuts, but he was very effective. Yeah, like I said, I don't think he gave up anything the last two months of the season. He mm-hmm. was he was truly that was the best I've seen him, and it was great to see. And then, yeah, um, of course we got Evan Phillips in the bullpen. Joe Kelly's back. Um, I'm missing. Oh, Blake Trinan is. Yeah. If he's healthy, ooh. Fire Eisen. Fire Eisen, yeah, that's another one. Completely Yancey. different look. Who'd you say? Yancey. Yeah, Yancey. So the right side is loaded, just loaded. And yeah. with all those righty starters, that one one or two of them is going to spend a lot of time probably in that bullpen or as a piggybacker. When you haven't talked about the young guys, that could be Michael Grove. Michael Grove was fantastic out of the bullpen. Yeah. Kyle Hurt could be a bullpen piece. Uh, Nick Frosso, Landon Knack, Gavin Stone, who was a closer in college before he was a starter. You haven't even got to those guys. Yeah, and in the chat, just mentioned Daniel Hudson. He he's, yeah. he re-signed as a free agent. He's got a minor league deal. Um, 
man, I, I saw him the la- the day after his injury. Oh mm-hmm. man, it's one of those you see like, oh no, because he was in a brace and it hadn't been announced yet that he was yeah. out. And I saw him c- coming out of the clubhouse. Just oh, you just br- your heart breaks for these guys. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Lux a few days after his injury, and oh my gosh. But yeah, Hudson is a possibility. He'll probably get some time in. It would be it would be nice for Hudson to go out better than than he. I mean, he went out with a nice save against the the Pirates, but to go out with an injury like that, and not be able to really kind of go out on your own terms. I think that's what he'd like to do. Um, yeah. yeah. So that bullpen is just there's just a lot of a lot of people that I trust, and just about all of them throw at the right hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, are you a fan of Jock? We've got we've got a couple of people that have mentioned Jock Peterson. I am not. I am a thousand percent out on Jock, but that's just me. Where where are you at? I don't think. First of all, they need another left-handed bat. Yeah, they they definitely need right-handed bats. Uh, I I was I was like earlier in the season, or early in the off season, before Otani was on the team. It's like, well, I'll take him as a platoon in left field. Um, but he's he's not even that good. He can't even he, he's eating himself out of the league if yeah, he doesn't right. watch it. I mean, he, he's um, he's at a point where um, he he really needs to 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 get things going because at the end of the day, he the guy crushes fastballs and he is ready in October. The guys, they, he just has it when it when the when the bright lights are on it doesn't change jock some guys shrink yeah jock peterson just goes i'm still jock peterson i'm going to have my snacks i'm going to come out and hit a home run for you in the postseason i mean that's just what he does um so i'm not i'm not as against it but right now it's like we don't need another left-handed bat we're really yep. we're in great shape with the lefties i loved what bauer did i, I loved his message I, i'm you know being a public educator and a coach I'm all about guys redeeming themselves. And if you truly feel like somebody is being honest and genuine with not, I don't give two craps about an apology, about changing, repenting. If I feel like somebody's actually genuine about changing their life Mm -hmm. and becoming a different person, I'm all about giving whatever help you need to give that person. Absolutely. I don't care what the words are. I don't care what the apology is. Again, I felt like there was some genuineness to what Bauer was saying. Oh, we've got the Bauer stuff going now. I don't want to talk about about too much, but not not necessarily whether it needs to be back. You see stuff stuff in the chat. Um, I am with you 100%. Actions speak louder than words, like yes. they say. And, yeah, uh, you use the word, repent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a word that people don't want to talk about, but yeah. get your life in order. Get That's it together, the only thing that matters. Change your ways. Be, be, make it better. And just don't, don't do it again. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of one of those things. But um, I don't know if uh, – you know, some people have been clamoring for Bauer to come back. He's he's not going to be a Dodger. Oh no, I'm not yeah. clamoring for that. I, no, I'm no, clamoring for him to get his yeah. life together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's most important. That's I felt like he was genuine in that he wants to get his life back in order. That's yeah. kind of, that's all I was saying. I I wasn't yeah. trying to relate that to. Absolutely, yeah, the, the, he's not the chat back does. To the the, some of the chats kind of they and I've seen it 
too. And I, and I, I don't blame people because a lot of people are going, well, it looks like you got this and that. I don't want to go too far with it. But, yeah, yeah. I, I just want him to get, get his life in order. Like I'll say this. There's a Dodger standard. Whether something's illegal mm-hmm. or not, you're around this, Tim. Austin's around this. Yeah. I'm around it. There is a massively high bar that you have to to abide by to be a Dodger. You have to be an elite human being. And just because something's not illegal or because it's not, you know, you didn't get that, – that has – I mean, honestly, that has very little bearing as far as whether you're actually upholding the Dodger standard. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's that's where this – Trevor, I'll say that point blank. Even if he's not guilty of any of that, that's irrelevant to the right. Dodgers because he has not upheld the Dodgers standard of conduct. I've, yeah. I've talked to – you know, you talk to the trainers, you talk to the bus drivers, you talk to the managers, you talk to the players – there has never been one single time that a player, a manager, a bus driver, anybody could ever remember having even a crossword with somebody like a like a hotel clerk or something like that. Right. So the bar is just so ridiculously high to be a great human being with the Dodgers. That's where the problem comes in. Yeah, and that's where um, it does narrow their options sometimes. I it mean, does. I think. It I think uh, that's one of the reasons – there's many reasons, but I think that's one of the reasons they're probably not going after Blake Snell. I think uh, he'd much rather – I've heard Pham on that at, that at that front too. Some people have said Pham doesn't have a good attitude. I don't know anything about yeah. it. The Diamondbacks loved him. Okay. Um, but Snell is just more like I just think he spent – I think he never sleeps because he's up every night playing video games all night. Right. <laughs> so um, – but I, I – and. You know, there's just there's certain guys that match the Dodgers, and um, and they they do they will consider that with Fom if if they if they do get him, yeah. it's because they really do believe that that he's not a bad guy. Um, he does have a, he does have a chip on his shoulder, um, and he did slap Jack Peterson, <laughs> and he yeah. did get stabbed outside of a strip club, so. Um, you know, so I, I'm doubting that they get him, but I, you're right. They're going to have to. Yeah. Uh, the they're going to have to make sure that with this the way this organization is, they're going to make sure that they're not going to have a repeat of what happened with Bauer or with Urias. Yep, this is kind of where I'm at. I'm with Benji. Unless you're trading for like a guy like a Randy Arozarena or an Anthony Santander, play the young guys. Play play Andy yeah. Pajes or or whoever you need to play. I'm not for going and just getting your 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 what 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 we call the reclamation veteran. I'm I'm all about the the elite guys like the Otani's, the Mookie Betts, the guys like the Yamamoto's, the Freddie Freeman's that you've gotten in, in free agency, and then prospects. Everything yeah. in between, cut it out. Either use your prospects or play the elite guys. Yeah, and I think we're we're in, the Dodgers are a little bit in danger if they're not careful of becoming not the Dodgers. Yeah, right. Just being an Correct. all-star team. That's that's a great point. And it's like that matters. It does because you know what? That team in 2020, half that team, that World Series team was born and raised Dodgers. Mhm. And that doesn't happen too much anymore. Um and I and and I grew up with the infield, with the you know, the Garvey Lopes, Russell and Say with a lot of Steve Yeager behind the plate, with a lot of Dusty Baker and left and Reggie Smith and right and Rick Monday in center. There was a lot of that. And I valued that just knowing 
these are our guys and these this is who we're going with. And I kind of admire what the Braves have done. They've locked up a lot of their players and they're keeping them. And um, I just, yeah, if, if it's elite players, okay, I get it because it's about winning World Series. But and I'm just picking on Peralta. I like the guy, but, you know, I don't want a Peralta type. Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, why, that, why block Kyle Hurt to pitch? Why block Ryan Pepio? Why block Nick Frost at Atlanta? Why block those? Well, Emmett Sheehan. Yeah. Why? Why? Why not give Ryan Pepio playoff experience so you can pitch Lance Lynn? Yeah. That that just that frustrates the hell out of me, man. Yeah. And I that, told I told everybody it was going to happen. I told everybody that was going to happen. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't like to be a type of guy that likes to say I told you so. But yeah. Just knowing how the Dodgers operate. You knew that was going to happen. They were always going to pitch Lance Lynn in front of Ryan Pepio, always. Well, that, that's one of those reasons why I like to just go, can we just not have certain players because Doc and the management Correct. team just defaults to those guys. Correct. And, um, and we saw it in 2022 when, you know, guys were playing that were so injured. Chris Taylor and JT were hurt. They shouldn't have even been on the roster. They were that hurt. But it's like, yep. well, we're not going to play Miggy Vargas. We're going to go with the broken guy instead that can that can barely get any uh, velocity on the ball. Um, and so I don't want to see that type of stuff. You don't want to give away those at-bats, those innings to guys that are not healthy. Let them get healthy. But what, you've got so much talent. Let them play. Let these guys play. And if they don't work out, then you can make a move. But at least give the guys a shot. I mean, we talked about this last year with, well, we thought Lux was going to be the shortstop, and obviously it didn't happen. But with Outman, they gave him a chance. You know, he earned it. Tough. And um, They were still saying he wasn't going to make spring training, and he was hitting like 800. Yeah, he forced his way, and then they left him. They let him. They let him stay, and they even let they let Vargas go for quite a quite a bit. But we, Miggy was he his hand was never the same all year, and he was learning a new position. I'm making excuses for Vargas now, but (laughs) that I I, I still am. I'm still on the Miggy Vargas bandwagon, Um, but of course, they they at least tried to stick with those guys. Now I don't know what they're going to do now. Um, but uh, let's at least uh, figure out what to do in left field. Hopefully it's internal, unless it's a big guy, like like a Rosarena or someone like that. Yeah, I w- honestly, if I had my druthers, and, and I hope this doesn't – I don't care if it pisses somebody off. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to put Drew Avens out there. I mean, this guy has done nothing but earn – I mean, my God, it's going to be his fourth year in AAA, and he's been Gosh. a AAA all-star. He stole – 43 bases. He had a 53-game hitting streak. He bunts his way on base. He he plays great defense. He's going to be in the top 10 to 15 and run scored. If I had my druthers, Drew Avens would be the starting left fielder. If I would have had my druthers two years ago, Ryan Noto would have been the starting left fielder. Luke Rayleigh would have been the starting left fielder. Okay, so you work your way out of those guys. Next thing you know, that same name, David Peralta, who isn't better than Ryan Noda or Luke Rayleigh, <laughs> no. or Drew Avens, or Andy Paez, or James Outman, or Ryan Ward. He's not better than any of those guys. He ends up getting all the at-bats because he's a veteran. Yeah, and and like I said, Doc's going to play him. If he's got those tools, he's going to play him. Yep. It's it's like with Kershaw. He, his, his stuff plus numbers were way down. I would have started Bobby Miller in the opening game. 
uh, of the playoff thing. I just why not? Um, so I would have started Pepio. He would have been my number one? one starter. Hell yeah! yeah why not? Why, Tell why me not? Why to, you either one, but any either of them would have been make better. Make the than, argument why you don't start Pepio in game one. No, what would just, your argument be? Didn't bother. Didn't bother me either way. I just wanted him to be starting, um, but I didn't want Kershaw to start because his stuff was down. I mean, yeah, right? Absolutely. And it was see that's the argument for what happened to for him. people that don't want Kershaw. There's not anybody that doesn't want him back. But right. the, I, so there's no argument there. the The concern is you bring Kershaw back and Dave <laughs> defaults to him whether he's healthy or not. Right? That's the big concern. Yes, and it's legit. It's an absolutely legitimate concern. Yeah, it needs to get to the point where you still you have to still do it on merit. Now, if it's oh, a yeah. if it's a toss up, you know, if if it's two equals, okay, I'm going to give it to the legend. Okay, fine. But it wasn't a toss up, and it's not going to be. It's probably not going to be a toss up when he comes back from injury. Right. If he comes back, I mean, it's one of those things where. He says he'll be back mid-season. We no one knows that he'll be lucky yeah. to be back. It took. Sure. I know it's different injuries, but it's the shoulder. Tough. Thirty-six-year-old shoulder too. Yep. Hey, let's get to some more comments here. Yeah. We we get on. I'm kind of like Austin. You know, when when Tim and I get on here together, hell, they're, we're liable to end up in Canada, right? We're like that <laughs> that horse that's not broke, man. We're just liable to end up in Canada or or or. Nigeria or somewhere like that with with one of our topics that we're talking about that yeah, night. No there is no telling where we might end up. So we need to stop right now and actually get to some comments here. Dodgers should get some of the prospects in, in, in the first half because, yeah, we've said that. If things don't work out, make trades at the trade deadline. Nick Nastrini said, what's up, guys? Hey, Nick, man, uh, best of luck with the White Sox. You talk about one of the – I mean – I hated it. Of course, I loved it for yeah. Nick because he's going to get more opportunities. That's yeah. another one. I mean, we've talked about that already. Every time a guy gets traded, like Clayton Beater is like, oh, hell yeah, man. It, you know, who's going to make his major league debut this year? Wonderful. Nick Robertson. He needed to get traded, right? That kind of deal. Well, and, and funny, Nick, Nick uh, Nastrini's throwing partner got traded a few weeks ago. Michael yeah. Mercado got traded yeah. to the uh, Phillies. Um, you know, Nick actually, I think he's still training under the same coach that was my son's pitching coach quite a few uh, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Out, out at Westview High School. Nick Nestrini, it was yep. awesome to watch. Yes. Kenny, the AA Tulsa manager, one of the most competitive human beings of all time, just beat cancer. When Nick Nestrini yeah. would pitch and Henny was the manager, man, it was absolute must-see baseball. Because it was like, if you don't know Nick, Nick just wants to kick your ass every second that he's alive i mean if you're standing in front of nick his entire goal is to just kick your ass point blank and <laughs> scott hennessy's goal every time he takes takes the field as a manager is to kick the other team's ass and so when those two got together it was pretty fun to watch so hey super excited about nick nastrini yeah. and his future hopped on to you guys says alfonso thank you for joining alfonso uh, hopped on to you guys right now. We're following Casey right now. Austin and Mike are moderating. Mike does a wonderful job for both of us moderating. Yeah. Did a wonderful job on our hot take Monday. He has been all over the Imanaga deal. He is all over the Yamamoto deal. Mm -hmm. He's got a couple other international guys you're going to talk about, and he's just done a wonderful job moderating both of our shows. 
Yeah, I think I spent more time uh, sending people to your website for uh, for Mike's uh, content on the on the Japanese players than just if anything I say because yeah. uh, he's got it down. You know, we got uh, was it Murakami? Is that the guy? Um, the third baseman? Yeah, yeah. Munitaka Murakami, and he's yeah. at, well. That's actually our next hot take with Mike. We actually oh, cool. discussed that tonight. We're going to put that together sometime early next week, and. Or maybe over the weekend, haven't actually got that far with him. So that's the next hot take, yeah. Yeah, then, of course, Sasaki and, yeah, Mike's got it covered. Yep. So, yeah, so it's like, hey, put it. I, that's one of the reasons I'd let him be moderate. Just say I didn't really have a moderator. It's like, well, that w- he, if I make him a moderator, he can throw his links in the chat. So yeah, there we go. Right. <laughs> right, that's awesome. He does a wonderful job. And, by the way, uh, he's a firefighter, so he actually does real work, and he's been doing a lot of yeah, real work as of lately. So congratulations on my, that, Mike. We are all indebted to you for the service that you give our country as far as fighting all those fires. Okay, Roy says he is high on Hurt. We all are, too. Hurt would mm-hmm. be one of my closers, no doubt. I think Kyle Hurt right now would be a great setup guy. The dude's just so competitive. And, it's, and the thing is, if you needed to bridge both the seventh and eighth innings, no problem, you know. So yeah, I, think, I, I, I could see him being like that fireman, you know, like trying yeah. to – like Troy was it was it like, it didn't matter the inning. This is a nasty inning, and we got some really tough guys coming up because there's, you know, two, three guys on base and – and, and the heart of the order is coming up. And Trinan would come in the fifth or sixth inning and get guys out. Yeah. And so sometimes those outs are just as important as, as any other thing, you know, where, you, you know, you, the game could be lost so quickly. And so I, he's got the stuff. He's got like five different pitches that he's, you know, in, in the zone with. I mean, my goodness. Ugh. The Love thing it. about him, the reason why he's a high leverage guy, whether it be a starter or a closer, doesn't need to be the – it needs to be high leverage situations is because it's all on him. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that is when he's repeating his delivery and when he's in the zone and when he's on top of his game, it does not matter who is in the batter's box. They are out. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a minor leaguer. doesn't matter if it's a major leaguer. If he executes what he's trying to execute with the talent that he has, you're out, period, in a discussion. Yeah. So that type of guy – has to be put in high leverage situations because that type of guy, if he executes, is going to get huge outs. So, Zella Zoom, thank you so much for joining. I'd rather trade Class A. I asked for Class A. Uh, I think this is in response to the Jansen news from today. I also feel like Hater is a high risk, high reward. I'm not wanting Hater. Uh, I'm not wanting Jansen. Class A sounds interesting. I think the Dodgers have what they need in house already before they go do something like that where do you stand on that tim uh i would want a hater because he's a lefty that i trust um jansen uh one of the greatest you want dog- that contract i'm not it's not my money i don't care <laughs> <laughs> um i'm not with jansen all-time great for the dodgers i don't want him back on this team um class a i don't want to trade a bunch of prospects for one reliever right but see i don't want the five or six years tied up where you lose flexibility with hater yeah that's that's part that's part of it i i'm just so focused right now on look at it this way dave roberts has two more years on his contract yeah i think he needs a world series oh no doubt he well yeah i mean yeah yeah. 
and in so, the next two years, yeah. I, yeah. I think if they're in it, it's fun. You know, I mean, winning one is harder than people think. But yeah, I know. But stay yeah, away it, from haters, says Roy. Yeah, Zella says Dodgers need a left field bat, left-handed starter, and another bullpen lefty wouldn't hurt. I don't think you're going to get all of that. At least you're not going to get it from a top shelf perspective. I do think the Dodgers are going to get one more top shelf type player at one of those positions, and I think the other two are going to be more like, more like just kind of your everyday run of the mill type transactions. Yeah, you know, hopefully prospects, like you said, um, yeah. and and just wait. And if they don't work out, like we've been saying, trade deadline, you'll you'll have tons of ammunition. I mean, there are probably in the in I haven't looked lately. Last time I checked the pipeline, there was I believe twelve right-handed prospects, starting pitcher prospects, on yeah. that top thirty. Four to five catchers, not including Galiz, they yeah. are they they're loaded. So yeah, no um, they need to unload to to make room, like we've been saying. And um, if they were able to go into this season with what they have right now. They're going to be just fine. Yeah. Then they'll know in July what do they really need to make that run. Yeah, right. Hey, we're going to have this hang around. We got off to a late start, Tim. Do you got 10 more minutes? Oh, yeah. What What time is it? Oh, well, man. at yeah. my oh, time, wow. it's a little yeah. later. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Time yeah. Uh, Time literally did fly. I mean, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to get to some of these seven. comments. <laughs> we have a great lobby, and I want to make sure I get to these yes. comments. Scott, Scott Strong, thank you so much for joining what do you think of trading for Devin Williams? I'm not high on it. He's mid against lefties. You have any thoughts there, Tim? Um, we're good against. We got plenty of righties. Um, yeah. Unless he has just amazing opposite splits, then yeah, I, it would take a lot to get him because yeah. he's got two years of control. Yeah. And how many? How much do we want to spend that much prospect capital? Yeah. For for something we have a ton of. Yeah. Right. For duplicates, yeah, yeah, Max Freed. Um, yeah, he, he's going to be a free agent by that time. Mm-hmm. He'll be thirty-one, and I know he, there's a thing because we know he loves the Dodgers. He grew up with them, loves Kershaw, loves Koufax, all those good things. I don't. I'd rather wait and go yeah. with what we've got. Right. If Sasaki comes available, yeah, then I want Let's Sasaki. Go. Yep, I, I'm with you. Give me the twenty-four-year-old yeah. versus the thirty-one-year-old because he's gonna yeah. he's gonna get a great contract and and God bless him, let him get a good contract. Yep. That's for sure. No Be sure to check out Tim's show at Dodgers Twenty Eighty if you haven't already. What what else is there? Anything else you want to add to that, Tim? Uh, yeah, I'm. You know, I go on. I might go on at nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> I haven't seen my wife all day though, so we'll see. <laughs> she might be too tired, but um, yeah, I might go on tonight. If not, I'll be on sometime tomorrow. I've been doing a lot. I appreciate everyone coming out. I know that um, all of our channels have done well the last month with all the big news, and we're just trying to keep that momentum in in as many ways as possible and looking forward to having Casey on my show at some point. I I just – I got to figure out the the double thing better. Casey's got the tech better on it than me. Well, I didn't tonight. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I got to – I'm just trying to figure that out a little bit better. Yeah. and then, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go go back to doing uh, position over, overviews of prospects coming yeah. up soon again with a, just kind of waiting for the trade, all these things to get yes, kind of settled. No doubt. Um, hoping to get out spring training in March. I think I might be there when uh, Mike's out there. 
Yeah, have you got your credentials yet? That's going to be that's going to be tough. I mentioned the other day. Yeah, it's a problem with all the Japanese media, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now they're. Um, I actually sent a request to me hopefully too. figure that out. I just I don't care about the Maiden Clubhouse. Let me go in the minor league area. That's the I, I got thing. I got a well. I can't guarantee anything back. So you got. Um, I haven't even got anything back yet. Yeah. I sent it right in the middle of the uh, Shohei Otani mess. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Grizz says it's a 2080 dog show. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Freeman has Hawkeyes on Sasaki, no doubt. Mike has been talking about that for quite a while now. No yeah. doubt the Dodgers are going to put a full-core press on Roki Sasaki. And the difference between him, Yamamoto, and all the other guys, you know, like an Imanaga, is that they're yeah. so much younger. Yeah. To get to be able to get an ace or yeah. or, 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 or ace right to the age yeah. of twenty five and have them for another five or six years before they have to have Tommy John or something like that, mm-hmm. that's that's a win all the way. Yeah. And especially yeah. like the way the Dodgers did Yamamoto's contract with the way the opt outs were based on injuries and stuff like that, that's a that's a good compromise. Yep. Between the agent and 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 the team yep i don't see boris doing anything like that let's put it that yep. way <laughs> zella says no thank you on jock i'll take a righty young hey good evening young thank you so much for joining i know i just hope hudson will be healthy we all do samuel good evening samuel thank you for joining every sunday wednesday and friday jock's never been very mature kurt renaud thank you so much for joining kurt thank you so much for your comment i agree we don't need jock his flag has sailed Young says Chris Matt, Chris Matt would be a better uh, would be another reclamation prospect. Uh, he's already in the Dodgers organization. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he does with AAA Oklahoma City. Actually, have an article. Mike just wrote an article on him on Dodgers Daily. Just released that yesterday. Bowers vlog got me back into baseball when he was with the Dodgers. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Michael, good evening, Michael. Thank you so much for joining. Just heard that Chango Park got bullied and hazed by the Dodgers when he was here. Okay. Benji, I just noticed all our starting pitching prospects are right-handed pitchers as well. Your next group of – okay, first of all, Alec Gamboa and John Rooney were always starters, and they're left-handed. They just converted to the bullpen last year. Yep. That's the reason why is because you converted your two starting pitchers that were left-handed to the bullpen. Your next crop of starting left-handed pitchers were in high A Great Lakes last year. That mm-hmm. would be Maddox Bruns. Justin Robleski, yeah. and I do think that Ronan Cop is going to stick in the bullpen oh, yeah. because his stuff plays up big time in the mm-hmm. bullpen. Yeah, I, I always get that. You know, where's the lefties? Where's the lefties? Well, they're they're down lower, and that's okay. They're coming though. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really good crop. Um, if Maddox really dials it in, I I think he's he's a future star. I really do. Um, the stuff is awesome from what I've seen. Um, and he Robo's got, he got, he had, I was so proud of him. The improvements he made last year were, were fantastic. I watched them all. I saw him so start so many games in 2022 and he struggled. The, the struggle was real. Oh man, you could see it, but to mm-hmm. see him have success, very proud of him. Um, really maturing as, as a, as a man. And it's, it's uh, really good to see. Justin Robleski. I've been telling people for ever since he left OSU, the Tommy John, he got hit by yeah. a car, Clemson, all that. I've seen his TrackMan data. His stuff is off the off the charts, man. And he proved that last year. He showed. Matter of fact, he was the most consistent starting pitcher that the Loons had last year. That dude is insanely good. Yeah. So watch out for Justin Robleski. Very, very good left-handed pitcher. Okay, Young says we traded for Chapman and gone. Random. Good evening, Random. 
Yeah, he said that that Bauer and Urias one two punch. Yeah. Okay, Zella, <laughs> Mets proved money doesn't win a World Series. That is correct. Yep. Tim just addressed that. Hey, in some ways you're not even the Dodgers anymore. You're an all star team. Got to be careful not to. You still want to have that Dodgers culture. DC Bush played a lot of left field at the end of the minor league season. I think it's worth a shot. It would be his fifth position change since college. <laughs> yeah. It'd be his fourth in the last 365 days. Yeah. Okay. And then you would be asking him to do it at the major league level and breaking into the major leagues all at the same time. And I've seen him out there. All I'll say that is that that would be tough. Uh, yeah. That would be a big ask to ask Michael Bush to play left field at the major league level at this point. I, I agree. They had to make a decision last year on what what the future positioning for him and Vargas was. And right now they don't have spots. It's Muncie yeah. at third and, and Betts at second. And it's like, really, we're going to put him in left field and learning on the job. I mean, they both were kind of learning on the job last year. Um, Vargas at the major league level, the whole season was playing second base for the first time for as a full-timer. I know he dabbled there and I thought he did a good job. Um, defensively, I thought he looked okay. Um, but man, I just <sighs> these guys aren't all Kike Hernandez or Chris Taylor's, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's such a hard thing to do. Yep. Yeah, yeah. DC, Aust- I keep hearing that we had a right handed bat, but who would he platoon with unless CT3 is just going to be a $13 million bench warmer? CT3 will be depth at every position. He'll start probably what would you say out of five games, he'll start three of them somewhere? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the best, obviously the best usage of him. He can he can play just about anywhere. Um, I if they sign Kiki Hernandez to come back, it'd be great because I think he's a better third baseman than Taylor is. And I would like to see if if Muncie's defense doesn't improve, I'd like to see a defensive replacement at the end of the game where they're ahead, and Muncie's not coming up. I'd like to see Kiki at third base versus, yeah. then. I, I'm a big believer. Well, you've coached. Yeah, I like I like my best defense at the end of the game when I'm ahead. I don't yeah, want to lose right. a game because of my defense. Yeah, that's that's age old. Your defensive replacements at the end of the game. Nick Nestrini's going to do amazing things in Chicago, no doubt. Austin yep. Samuel, show can hit splits. So basically, switch. Young says, should Dodgers re-sign Brazier? Pretty penny, probably. Yeah, yeah. He he earned he earned a nice contract, and um. Good for him. Uh, if he comes back, great. But it's so, it's already crowded. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like saying it's crowded to guys that are would be coming back from the same team, you know, to the same team. But it might be too late for him. Yep. Okay, uh, Zella. How much would Sasaki go for in free agency? He's going to be very expensive. I don't think the Dodgers care how much he's going to cost. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, nope. especially you don't have to give up anything for him other than money, and yep. and the investment that they're making with Japan, it it's obviously significant. But I I expect them to double that money over the life of these contracts. I would and someone's you know in in my comments was saying well that they're probably Dodgers going to need money. No, they're not going to need money. But I bet there's a bunch of Japanese investors that would love to invest in the Dodgers as this franchise, the value of the franchise went up significantly yeah. with these signings. Yep. They own Yeah, Japan. we have some conversation about the right-handed hitters. Austin's answering some questions here about the right-handed hitters at the AAA Oklahoma City level. 
Matt says, Pawheads, yeah, I hope you can get ready for the bigs. Hey, Samuel, thank you so much for the super chat here. Thank you so much for joining and and leaving a super chat. That is fantastic. Really appreciate the support. Says Austin Kirk, lots of internal talent options to consider giving opportunities to. No doubt about that. Hope Pawheads gets a chance is what Kurt says. Red Sox willing to trade Yoshida, right field, uh, right-handed left fielder. Uh, for Andy Pawheads, Austin says, look up his game on September 12th. Yeah, so make sure and do that. Uh, Sam, uh, Sammy uh, Samuel Ellis says, who's worse this year, um, Las Vegas, Kansas City, or the Rocks? <laughs> oh, the Oakland. Okay. When they said Las Vegas, I was still thinking yeah. the minor league team. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> they haven't officially um, moved yet, right? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, the, I feel terrible for the A's. Um, players on that team, you know, just the ownership just doesn't seem to care about putting a winner up. Yeah. And, um, it's, uh, but at the same time, it's a chance for players to get a chance. And, you know, Ryan note is one of them. He got a yep. chance to start. Now he's, he's an established major leaguer and eventually the A's will trade him and they'll get a nice little, uh, reward for trading him. And Ryan will sign a nice bigger contract with some other team eventually. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what they're there for now. Yep. Samuel Ellis says, I just realized we're the 90s Braves, all lefty hitters, all right pitchers. Yeah, Sands Glavin. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, Tamotley, good evening. Tamotley, thank you so much for joining. 100% agree, Austin, about uh, – I think he's talking about Robo. Robo's a stud. Justin yeah. Robleski, left-hander for the Loons. Not just a thrower, but a true pitcher. Yeah, 100% Tamotley says, Austin, playoff starts the season. We're amazing. Yep. Um, talking about uh, Justin Robleski, one of that, that left-handed crop coming up. Yeah. Zella Padres pulled a quick one on Darvish. Yep. Tamatley, that's the first game I watched once the Dodgers postseason got cut short. That playoff run made me fall in love with the Loons. Bruns was great, too. So, yeah, Maddox Bruns, Justin Robleski, two very good lefties coming up. Yeah, and I think um, of all, of those three lefties that were mentioned, you know, Bruns, Cop, and, and Robleski, I think Robleski debuts first with the major leagues. Just – the way I'm thinking right now, he's he's got some he's got age on those other guys too, but um, he's he's more polished. Yep. And Zella but, says Dodgers are going to make so much money from Japan. I wonder if any other team saw this coming. And I I don't have this confirmed. I didn't ask. It's none of my business. But I do think that's a hundred percent of why the AAA team had to change their name because the 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 LA Dodgers don't own the AAA team anymore. So I don't think they wanted them to be named the Dodgers anymore. I don't know that for a fact, but. That's just kind of the way it looks to me. Do you have a, a, a preferred name for the team? Oh, absolutely, the 89ers. That's what we were from the inception. When Oklahoma City first got professional baseball in 1962, we were the 89ers all the way until they built the stadium we're in now in 1998. They changed the name just to rebrand into a new stadium to Red Hawks. I can tell you, everybody my age and older <laughs> and even about 15 years younger, they were late with the 89ers. This is the, the 89ers would be just like Tulsa relates with the drillers. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, 89ers is, is the baseball in Oklahoma city. People Excellent. would, would connect to it. It's actually has historical significance to the state. So, I mean, this should be an absolute no brainer. They should go back to Oklahoma city 89ers and it shouldn't even be a debate. Yeah. Cause right now it was the Oklahoma city baseball club. Yeah. Do you uh, have any information on that? I mean, what, what came behind that? I don't, but I'm wondering how long how long is their uh, agreement with the Dodgers through 2030? Okay, so that's good. 
Are yeah. you thinking that they're they're getting ready to leave? That's what I was wondering. That was my first thought. I, I didn't even think about the branding. Um, yeah. The, Where do you think they'd go if they did leave? Uh, somewhere closer is my yeah. guess. So they w- wouldn't have that um, OKC to LA Express. It'd be a little shorter. Have you heard any rumblings like that? No, no. This is yeah. all my this is all my brain over overreacting to things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I but it kind of makes sense in that That'd way. That'd be good for you if they came closer, wouldn't it? Yeah, I just don't want to lose my Quakes, man. That's <laughs> Quakes are actually redoing their stadium a bit. I haven't heard, uh, read the details yet, but um, they're trying to make it more of a year-round stadium so they can do other things like concerts and things like that. Um, but then I, someone had said that they were talking about them, you know, going to to Ontario, which isn't that far. But um, Rancho's a good place for them. It's they fit right in. The community loves them. I just yeah. wish the community would show up to more of the games. There, but there's a good hardcore community there. Mm-hmm. It's at least cheaper. It's it would even be cheaper than Ontario still. Um, but you don't want to go any further east, or it gets a little might get a little just a little more dicey yep do you have any thoughts on trevor story um not really and um he, he plays infield we we're, yeah. we're i think we're in good shape on the infield benji no i did not become a fan of the dodgers when they were the 89ers they actually that by the time they became the dodgers they were the red hawks at the time believe it or not we were actually the houston astros triple a affiliates when we switched over to the dodgers so thanks, thank you, good uh, for goodness for that. I became a Dodgers fan when um, I loved Vin Scully and Joe Garagiola calling all the World Series in the late seventies, early eighties. So I became a Dodgers fan because of Vin. And then when Kirk Gibson hit the home run in '88, I was hooked. That, that's that's <laughs> when I became a fan of of the Dodgers at that point. And then when they became the affiliates in, in 2015, that was like a dream come true. So that's so fantastic. awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine how many new Dodger fans is going to be now with with uh, especially in Japan? But yeah, no doubt. Shohei. Hopefully, people become Dodger fans, and when someday Shohei retires, they're still Dodgers fans. Yep. We got a couple of questions here, a couple of comments to get to, then we're going to get out of here. Grizz says need a right fielder, not a left fielder. Hayward and Margot would be suitable left fielders. Not good enough bats to be quality right field. Zella says who gets a bigger deal, Sasaki or Soto? It'll be Soto just because yeah. he's not a pitcher, but Sasaki's going to do really well. <laughs> yeah. Paul says, I'd love the Dod- I'd love for the Dodgers somehow to get Cease in a trade. I hope Robert Jr. will be involved in it as well. Yeah, that would take yeah. – I think Cease would take that, – that would take quite a haul. You've got the prospects, I think, to do it, but it would take a haul. Yeah, it would be – the Dodgers would definitely have to shoot their prospect wad to, to make that one happen. And, you know – they might do it. They might try to do something. I've, I haven't heard that Robert is available at all. He's, I think he's still got four more years of control left. But the White Sox should leverage the heck out of what they have. Um, they're, you know, they might be building a pretty good team. I mean, they they did do well with the Dodgers trade. To be honest, so they got Nestrini and, and Leisure. That was a that was a good haul. Yeah. Yeah. There's a comment that the year is 2033 in case you're still mad at Lance Lynn. I'm not mad at Lance Lynn. I just hate it when the Dodgers choose guys like him over really, really, really talented young prospects. That frustrates me. Are you on that same page, Tim? Yeah, veteran presence. Yeah, it's it's overrated when the guy when the guy isn't as good. Yeah. Again, if they're the same, 
If they're equal, fine. But Pepio had a way better season, especially mm-hmm. the last two months. Pepio had the best numbers on the Dodgers right. those last two months. Yep. Okay, so we're coming to the end. Shout out to Austin Brubaker, Mike, for moderating. Tim, as we get out of here, thank you so much for joining. Yeah. This has been a super amount of fun getting connected back again and finally getting a show on after all the cluster bombs I had <laughs> trying to get this thing started. Is there a possibility the Dodgers sign Hater? Yeah, we talked about him and Classe earlier. Definitely. Uh, they're, you know, I think if, if you ask one Dodgers fan or another, they would have different opinions on whether they want to go the free agency route or the trade route. So, Tim, before we get out of here, final thoughts. We've had a wonderful lobby tonight. Yeah, the 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 chat's always a, a just a star, and um, appreciate everyone out there. Um, appreciate you, Casey. Let me uh, come come and uh, chew the fat with you again on this. Is a good time. Uh, we come with uh, no agenda, and we end yeah. up filling up just a ton of time, and it time did fly. <laughs> so I appreciate it. I am looking forward to seeing what Andrew Friedman still has left to do because he always strikes in February. It seems like. He always has something in his uh, in his back pocket. So we shall see. It's been Mookie Betts, Trevor Bauer, and Freddie Freeman before. So let's see what happens now. It's been a heck of a lot of fun tonight, Tim. Again, what a wonderful experience it's been to, to get to talk to you again, get to talk ball. We need to do this more often, don't we? Yes, we do. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, so until next time, thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and go Dodgers.